Hello everyone and welcome to our Bread A Blue podcast series when we speak to a professional footballer who came through the academy ranks at Everton Football Club. This week I'm joined by a man who is still scoring goals regularly in League Two and who is still the youngest player to ever score a Premier League goal. It is of course James Vaughan. James, how old were you when you were first scouted by Everton Football Club? Um, I was about six. I got scouted. Uh, I'd lived in Preston for a couple of years with my family and I played a little tournament there and got scouted and that was that, as they say. The accent must have been on just letting the boys enjoy themselves, I would think, rather than anything overly technical at that age. Yeah, I mean, we were babies, you know, looking back and we just used to come and have, have great fun. You know, some great lads, some great coaches looking back and made it really good for us. So for me, like I say, it was brilliant. And I don't know too much about the system now, but if it's the same, then I'm all for it. But hopefully it's not, they don't make the lads take it too serious. It's a massive commitment, isn't it, for a, for a young boy and particularly his family. If you're going to join a football club at six with aspirations of playing for the first team, it's a massive, massive commitment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's... it's such a long road as well, if, if you think about it, you know, from six to being a professional player is a long time and I saw a lot of players come and go in that time. So, you know, it's a big sacrifice my family made taking me, you know, twice, three times a week up to the training ground and, you know, at one point we moved down to Birmingham. So my mum and dad were travelling up from Birmingham two and three times a week. So, you know, the sacrifice is massive for any parent. Your dad was very much involved in sports himself, so he must have seen the benefits of Everton for you to make that commitment and do all that travelling. Yeah, he did, to be fair. And I think, you know, he realised there was an opportunity there for me to play football and he was, he was always really supportive along with my mum and the rest of my family. Was there ever a time between the age of six and 15 when you thought to yourself, I don't want to do this anymore? It's too much. No, to be honest, I, n- I never did. I, d- I didn't feel like in my mind I had an option. It just felt to me that that's what I was going to do. And I'm sure every kid who, who plays for an academy or even just plays football on a Sunday tells you the same thing. They're going to be a footballer. But for me... I didn't really comprehend anything else. So I was fortunate that I did manage to, you know, get into the first team and play some games. When you were a young kid at Everton, you'd been there a few years, did you feel yourself improving as a player? As time went on, did you think to yourself, I've got a chance here? Yeah, definitely. I think when I got to 14, 15 and, you know, you really start to develop as a, growing as a, as a person and in your physique and stuff. And, you know, that's when Andy Holden Taft come into my life and, from that moment on, it just really kicked on for me. What influence did Big Taff have over you? I think it was just a case of times were changing in football. There was always a big emphasis on you know technique and ability and stuff. But Taff saw something in me and Victor where it was like we were physically ready. We had enough technique and he just really made us realise that what we had was good enough and focused on what we didn't have to make us better. What do you recall of your first team debut against... Crystal Palace. I've spoken to you before about this and you were saying to me you, you half expected to get on that day, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I mean, the call-up to the first team in general to train with the first team wasn't expected at all. That that came out of the blue for me, really. I was you know, still first-year YTS, so I wasn't really expected to go to the first team. But by the time I'd made my debut, I think I'd been on the bench four or five times before. And, you know, as, as a forward, you can kind of figure out the way the game's going. And we were a few goals up, so I was just kind of warming up as close to the managers as I could see if I could catch his attention. <laughs> that old trick. What did David Moyes say to you before you went on? Can you remember or were you just too nervous, too excited to listen? I, I, I can't really remember, to be honest. I was just kind of in the zone. It was just one of those, those moments really where I'd prepared for it and 
you know, like I say, as a kid, you, you don't have any fear. I was just going out living my dream. So I was just so excited to get on and, you know, luckily it panned out well for me. What goes through the mind of a 16-year-old when on his debut he scores a goal at the Gladys Street end? Oh, it was incredible. At, at, the, at, the, at the time, you know, I think you can see from my celebration, I just started running. And if I, I think if Tim Cale doesn't bring me down, I'd still be running now. But <laughs> I just remember going home and thinking, I wonder if I'll be on match of the day tonight. You know, that's all <laughs> I could think of. Did you think you were ready to play in the first team at that time, James? Um, probably I did, if I'm honest. I just thought, you know, the way I was, the way I played, it, it wasn't based around technique and stuff. It was just about making a nuisance of yourself and I could do that. And I'd been training with the first team for a while, playing with the reserves. And like I say, Taff had given me this massive self-confidence boost and, you know, he was always telling me, believe in what I'm doing. So I think with that, I, I felt like I was ready. Obviously, you know, I was very young, but I did feel ready at the time, yeah. Even as a even as a teenager, aggression was part of your game. Was there ever a point during your academy development where the coaches tried to coach that out of you, or was it always encouraged? I think I was lucky in the sense I was at Everton. You know, the philosophy at the club is work hard, give your all, and you know, with that aggression, they could see that's what I was doing. And I was fortunate no one ever did try and coach out. They tried to make me be a bit more sensible, and you know, I was probably a bit ten year about ten years too late on. <laughs> and knowing when to go on the tackles and when not to. But, you know, I think if anyone would have tried to take that away from me, I wouldn't have been the player I, I turned out to be. What were the next few weeks like for you after you'd become the, the youngest Premier League goal scorer in history? Did, did any part of you ever think, I could have done without that? I should have just played a few games and then scored because you were just catapulted onto the back page of every newspaper at the age of 16? It was strange, to be fair, because I was still living in the digs with the rest of the youth team players. So... You know, I was getting told, don't go to the shops with the lads because in case anyone follows you. And I remember mum and dad getting followed by a few journalists. So it's a, it is a bit mad, but, you know, I was fortunate that the club had been through it before with, with the players previous who were young and made the debut. So the infrastructure was there for me. I was looked after really well by the staff and the management. So it, it was really good. That's good to know. So there was a support mechanism in place for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the first thing David Moyes said to me after the game was, you don't leave your house unless you go on training for the next week. And, you know, I stuck to that. I was, I didn't understand why he was saying it, but then when you realise that, you know, my parents getting followed by journalists and stuff, it was, it was, mm. it was good advice. And then going forward, you know, everyone around the club made sure I didn't get too big for me boots. And that was the ground that I needed. What was it like playing in the FA Cup final, James? Dream come true? It was, and then it was a dream shattered. Yeah. I was convinced we were winning that game. And, you know, still to this day, I say, the best day of my life was the semi-final mm. and the worst was the final because we didn't win and I was convinced we were going to win it. So it's just one other thing. But again, you tell your little boy who's five that you played in the FA Cup final and it's something that I'm really proud of. I just wish I had a winner's medal to show. I remember the FA Cup semi-final vividly. I was standing at the sidelines with David Moyes and with Stubbsy and, and with the substitutes. And I, I don't think I'd ever seen you take a penalty. And when I saw you striding forward, I thought, wow, that's bottle for the young man. What's, what's going through your mind? Because that's a long, long walk from the halfway line at Wembley to the penalty spot in an FA Cup semi-final against Manchester United. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I think you'll remember Moyes trying to ignore me when I said I'll have one then. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, yeah, I don't think he was too keen, but luckily Jolien spoke up for me and said, because we've been practising them all week and I, I was just dead confident with them. And, you know, that's the main thing with a penalty shootout. 
if you if you're confident, just just believe in yourself and go for it. But yeah, I don't remember being nervous at the time, but I've watched it since and I get nervous about imagine I'd have missed that. But thankfully that one went in. It, it was the pick of the penalties. It was an absolute belter, wasn't it? You couldn't it, it couldn't have gone in any better. Yeah, I think Baines might have something to say about that, but <laughs> no, it was just a relief to see it at the back of the net and then when Jags went in it. Honestly, to this day, I've never had a feeling like it. Mm, absolutely special. So, was it literally David Moyes called you all together and said, right, who fancies it? And you're like, gaffer, 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 I'll have one, I'll have yeah. one. Yeah. I felt a bit like Harry Potter at the time. I felt invisible, <laughs> but in the end, he, he said, yeah, go on, you can have one. And, you know, from that moment on, I was just focused. And like I say, I'm just still one of the best things I've, I've felt in football. When you're trying to establish yourself in the first team at Everton as a centre forward and, 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 and the manager's bringing in James Beattie, Andy Johnson, Louis Sahar, Yakubu, Jermaine Beckford even towards the end of your, your, your stay at Everton, was there ever a time when you, you went to see David Moyes and said, look, stop buying these strikers, I'm the answer, give me a chance? Um, not really, because I felt like he was, but he was definitely very fair to me in the, the chances I got. I never really give him enough consistency with fitness to rely on me and there was a couple of times where I think I was close to getting you know the main starting shirt but you know there was a time towards the end where I was going to see him and saying look you've got your Cuba and Lewis Harris who are the best strikers in the Premier League I'm not saying I should be playing instead of them but I need to play football to see what I can do so I think that was the hardest part because I didn't want to leave Everton but mm. I was 22 years old and I'd never really played any games so that was a tough decision to to say that to him. Did, did Moisey, you think, see you as an impact player because you, you made 11 starts for Everton and 49 off the bench so he, he clearly thought that you you could do a job for him as an impact player? Yeah, definitely. And I look back now and I was probably a little bit too eager to go and play because I was still a kid really but mm. I think because I've been around it for so long and missed so much football I was just really keen to just play and see what I was capable of because I was always this kid that could go on to big things but I wasn't doing anything I was just in my eyes just coming off the bench and 10 minutes here 10 minutes there and like I say I had two of the best strikers in the league ahead of me mm. so mm. It, was, it was a tough call How big a help were the loan spells that you had? They were a help for my, my career I think because of that was why I was so keen to go and play because I had such a great time at Palace you know people relying on you week in week out to play yeah. well and I relied on them. I felt like I was training for, for through the week to play on a Saturday. I needed that. So when I came back to Everton, it was a bit difficult to go back to playing 10 mm. minutes, 15 minutes here and there. So I think that was what pushed me towards wanting to, to leave in the end. You've been at Everton since you were six years of age. Was it only when you moved on somewhere else that you realised just how big a football club Everton was? Definitely. I mean... Your education is, is your first club, and that was my first club. So I just assumed that every club was like that. But, you know, I've had a fair few clubs now, and in, in my opinion, not one of them comes close to the size of Everton. When you look back over your career, you've had a, a dozen or so football clubs. So you've obviously got a very broad football knowledge. If you had the choice, would you, would you, have, would you do that? Would you have 12 different clubs, or would you have rather be a, a, a one-club man like a, like, like a Leon Osman, for example? I think... There's two two sides of the question. I've loved my experiences, and I and I, I've loved playing with different clubs in different areas and different places of the country. But if I'd have had the choice, I would have stayed at Everton for the rest of my career, no doubt about it. It was, you know, I knew at the time that I wasn't probably good enough to play for the first team, but I needed to go and create a career for myself. But 
if I'd have felt I was going to play at the time, I would have never left Everton. And with all due respect to the some of the clubs you played for, because you still play for some big clubs, did you look back and think, wow, those facilities at Everton really are <laughs> very, very good? Yeah, the facilities are definitely one thing. I mean, I've as you get as the years have gone on, clubs have you know got closer to Everton in, in terms of facilities. But I think it was just the club itself. You know, obviously being there so long, I had a love for the club that gives you that extra one percent when you're doing things. And you know, I I, I love Everton still, still to this day. So the only disappointment is that I probably didn't play more games. But I was just grateful that I got the opportunity to play for the club and look back with fond memories. I know you still keep an eye on everything that goes on at Everton. If you're a Goodison and you're watching a game in the future and somebody at the age of 16 who's younger than you goes through on goal, are you going to be thinking, miss it, hit the post, hit the bar, keep a saver, I want that record? Um, be honest. No, I wouldn't because, to be honest, the way I felt and the, the, the effort and the sacrifice I put into getting that, you know, it'd be, it'd be great for another kid to experience that. I mean, you can't really explain it. Obviously, there's a the hint of me. It's my record. I want to keep it. You know, my little boy mentions it from time to time, so it's yeah. nice to tell him. But as far as someone else experiences it, it's it's something I can't put into words, and it'd be great for somebody else to to get that feeling. I mean, there's every chance because when you look at Premier League history, you've got the likes of Wayne and Franny, Danny Cadamartri, Borley, uh, Victor, your good friend Victor, Michael Branch, Tom Davis, all scored goals for Everton before their 19th birthday. So the academy, the football club's doing something right. Definitely, I think. You know, we as an academy growing up, we were always one of the better teams and we always attracted the better players. And I think that's purely because you knew there was a pathway to the first team. And, you know, the history shows that players, have, if they've been good enough, they've got the chance regardless of the age. And, you know, I'm sure that philosophy will keep going through the future. I'm sure that was on your dad's mind as well. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have put you through it all if he didn't think the pathway was there, would he? Yeah, that was one point, but I don't think he had a choice. I think I just, <laughs> I want to play football, Dad, and that, that's all I'm doing. And thankfully, you know, I couldn't ask for more supportive family. So I was lucky in that sense. But, you know, he definitely knew that Everton was the right club for me. It only seems like five minutes that you were 16 years of age and scoring on your debut for Everton against Crystal Palace. But I suppose now you're a Tramier over, still scoring goals. But have you started to think about what comes next for James Vaughan? Yeah, I've, I mean... You know yourself, Andy Olden's always said to me, the way I play, you're going to have a short career. Luckily, I've lasted <laughs> longer than he expected to me. Expected me to, but, you know, from that conversation, I've always had an eye on the future and, you know, thought about where I'm going to go. So, for, for the moment, I'm playing and enjoying it. So long may that continue, but I've always kept a, you know, an eye on what I'm going to do after football. Still get the same buzz at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I do, definitely. I'm not sure I get the same buzz at nine o'clock on a Monday morning, but... <laughs> Definitely at three o'clock on a Saturday. I still love the game. I still love the feeling of scoring. So as long as that, that's still there, I'll keep playing.